you're at lunch, or if you have no appetite, now is a good time to switch off the radio. It will not be pleasant listening. Welcome to the LRWS on RazRadioLive.com, RadioChaos.net, and NoNameNetwork.net. Hosted by a man pining for his audience. Zero point zero. A fun-loving woman. Thank you so much for making my days brighter. And a guy who kind of sounds like the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. (laughs) Hope you enjoy the program, because no refunds will be issued. I'll write it and we'll do it live! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the LRWS. I'm Lawrence Ross, flying solo this evening. Don't know where Marcy is currently. Thomas is presently at work, but Thomas will be back next week. Uh, But other than that, I'm just flying solo tonight. If you'd like, you can uh, send a text, 813-602-2715, or you can send a tweet my way twitter.com at blind lawrence or you can check out our facebook page facebook.com forward slash lrws productions and also youtube youtube.com forward slash lrws productions and uh before I go with anything i just want to say thank you to everybody who has uh, checked out the program on spotify and itunes thank you everybody <laughs> Now, I've not looked at the analytics uh, today, but and I'm still trying to learn how the analytics truly work, but we're getting there. We are getting there. Uh, we have, let's see, uh, this program has three followers on Spotify, of which one of them is a friend of mine, Karen, out of Orlando. Thank you, Karen. And uh, so hopefully we can grow. And you're probably wondering, well, how can I help the program grow? Well, sorry about that. Well, what we can do is uh, is uh, is you can help me out, or you can help all of us, uh, you can help all of us out. Uh, promote us any way that you possibly can. Uh, share our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash LRWS Productions. Uh, tell your friends that we're on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, tell and and also make sure that you rate and you know subscribe to the podcast in itunes follow it on spotify and make sure that you rate it in itunes because the more ratings that you get the better chance is that you will get you know you will start climbing the ranks a little bit and make sure that you leave a review because i'd like to because i would like your feedback i want to know what you think of the program overall what do you think do you enjoy this section do you not enjoy this portion of the program do you think there needs to be more of this do you think there should be less of this section do we need a little bit more of this? Should we have more of a perspective on this? Do you want us to comment on something? Uh, we would like to know what it is that you would like to hear on this program or what you don't want to hear on the program. We would love to hear from you. We want to know that you are out there, ladies and gentlemen. And I would like to say I would like to say thank you to one of my uncles who uh, bought a mug from us. Now, we do have merchandise, ladies and gentlemen. And that merchandise, uh, the money that we get from it, it goes to, uh, you know, I'm not exactly how, you know, I'm not exactly how the money is transferred, but we get a little bit of a percentage kickback, a little bit, and we have T-shirts, phone cases, sweaters. As a matter of fact, I have a commercial that I run before going into the interlude, and I want to run it for you right now. 
I just want to run it for you once, and then uh, then a little later on, I'll run it again before the interlude. Uh, because I want to, because I want to promote the fact that we do have merchandise, and uh, so well, here's here's that commercial. Here it is. Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross from the LRWS. Heard every Friday evening at 7 p.m. on RazRadioLive.com, RadioChaos.net, and NoNameNetwork.net. What's on a cookie? We're proud to announce that we now officially have our own store. Teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash LRWS. If they went on strike, it would be a month before anybody fucking knew about it. We've got t-shirts for the guys. I'm really starting to feel out nasty. T-shirts for the ladies. Tank tops, hoodies, crew neck shirts, sweaters, iPhone cases, and much more. They don't have nothing. It's like a flea market threw up in there. That address again is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash LRWS. So, ladies and gentlemen, hope that you will go to the store and purchase whatever it is that you want, whatever it is that sounds appealing to you. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, with this being a with the holiday season fast approaching, uh, any any and all of these gifts would make for some really good stocking stuffers, ladies and gentlemen. Or you know, under the tree, it would look nice under the tree. I mean, I wish we had you know. I mean, I know we don't have any ornaments or anything, but. Maybe one of these days we could have ornaments. I don't know, but and just so you know, the shirts are ve- the the clothing is very comfortable. It's very comfortable and uh, very affordable prices, and they print it right on site, printed right in the USA, and uh, they ship it to you when it's printed, and you get it, and you get to wear it or whatever it is, you get to show it off to people, and hopefully it's a good conversation piece. Hopefully. We, we, we really hope that you enjoy the program. We hope that you uh, will uh, tell your friends about us because there's only so much that we can do in regards to promotion. You know, I don't want to be constantly self-promoting this thing over and over again. I mean, I'd like for, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that one, one of my goals is that I'm to the point where I don't have to constantly keep reminding you of stuff. Then I only have to remind people periodically, hey... On this site, we have this merchandise. Go check it out. I don't want to be, I don't want to be just the only person promoting it. I want to make sure that other people are promoting. It. I want to make sure that our message is getting out there. I want to make sure that people are checking this out and they're digging what they, you know, and they're digging it and and they are enjoying it and all that stuff. So, for those of you who may have missed last week's program, it was a bit of an introduction. So. Uh, so I didn't get to the uh, typical uh, stuff that we normally do. Normally we do personal recaps and then we go into sports. But last week, as I said, switched up to uh, the introduction for any of the new people who may be listening. But now that uh, everything has been established, if you'd like, ladies and gentlemen, you can go back and check out that episode. It's called LRWS 103020. Welcome to the show. Normally I don't title the episodes, and I'm not sure if I will, but... I don't know, maybe, I haven't quite decided just yet, but we typically go into personal recaps, and so, well, I have about two weeks worth of stuff uh, built up, and I have a story about uh, the election, so here we go. Do anything fun this weekend? Curious as to what the guys of the LRWS do when the microphones are turned off? Nope. Neither is the rest of the audience. Oh, shut up. Time for the personal recap. Friday night was Cornhole League, then on Saturday... If I cared about what you do on the weekend, I'd stick a shotgun in my mouth and pull the trigger with my toes. <laughs> on the LRWS. Wow. 
I cut that four years ago, man. Uh, but anyway, so a couple of weekends ago, October 23rd to the 25th, there really wasn't all that much, really. I just hung around, just watched TV and stuff, and just uh, looked around the internet and things of that nature, and uh, got this podcast uh, and, and, and laid the groundwork to get this thing going into a podcast, and so that was pretty much that, really. Uh, but, uh, so Friday night after the, uh, episode, Friday night after the show, I uploaded the show and, uh, posted it and then basically just, uh, you know, hung around the apartment, checked out the bar show a little bit, then put on war of the worlds. Uh, and then Saturday I decided to go out a little bit and just check out the scene a little bit, see, see what people were doing. And just for fun, I walked into uh, Walgreens, uh, uh, just for a little bit and and I noticed that it was very quiet. I'm like, "What's going on?" And they're like, "Well, not a lot of not a lot of people getting candy today because it's Halloween." I'm like, oh, "Well, that makes sense." But it was but it was really weird to be going in there and not and not hearing a lot of people, you know, you know, you know, moving around the store and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, so so then uh, uh, so then I went home and just uh, kicked back, watched uh, Family Guy and stuff like that. Uh, watch some YouTube and things of that nature, and then uh, and then Sunday was my birthday. Oh, good for you! So I'm 33 now, and I feel old just saying that. I just, I, I, I just do. I, I, I feel old in saying that I'm 33. <laughs> but I would like to say thank you to everybody for the birthday sentiments. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, thank you, everybody. So what did I do on my special day? Well. I basically just uh, uh, I basically just liked everyone's uh, Facebook sentiments. Uh, talked to the family a little bit. Uh, talked with uh, one of my friends, uh, and watched uh, the Big Lebowski. The Kansas City Chiefs won. Very happy about that. And they took on the New York Jets. Which I'll get into that game a little bit. Just you know, just a little bit because I have a bit of a criticism with the New York Jets. I mean, not only if they're zero eight, but also because they did something. They made they they made a real rookie mistake when they were playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. But as I said, I'll get to that a little later on. So Tuesday, as we all know, was election day. I'm not getting into who I voted for. I'm not getting into my politics on this program. I really, I I I, I really don't like talking about it too much because it just leads to more divisive issues and I think after a while people are like all right I don't care about your political views just try and make me laugh or give me some insight about something so Tuesday afternoon I go to vote I had to go to the first Baptist church to uh because 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 that was the nearby polling place so I go to this polling place and now the way that the way that blind people typically vote is there's this there's a voting booth and in the booth there's a machine that has a headset attached to it you put the headphones on and it reads to you what is on the screen so I'll so in fact what I'll do is uh, uh, matter of fact uh, or what I'll do? Let's see. Let's see. Oh, stand by. Stand by. Uh, let's see.
let's see. Uh, all right. Okay. Well, in this situation, I'm going to use. Okay, in this situation. Okay, in this situation, I'm going to use uh, fake names here. Okay, hang on. Boot four one. Okay, here we go. I'm just typing this up here real quick. Okay, so the way that it would work is you go in the booth and you got to hear all the instructions first, and it would say, and it typically it says, "Here's how you vote." Uh, use the arrow keys to go through the selections. Hit the button when you've hit, heard the desired selection, and then use this arrow key to navigate to the next screen. That sort of thing. So the way, so so once you're the uh, thing, what they do is they 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 feed the uh, uh, they feed the ballot into this machine and then after about a minute minute and a half or so however long it takes it verbally reads to you what's on what's on the ballot so say you're in the booth and it says something like this it says president vote for one smith republican jones democrat so there you go and then and then what you would do is it, it would it would it would it would say like it would say smith republican is up on top and then you hit the arrow key down it would say Jones, Democrat, and then it would say like who their vice president was, all that stuff, and then when you would hear the selection you want, you just hit the button, and then you would hit the right arrow key, and you'd move on. Well, folks, this is Leavenworth, Kansas, a town known for a prison and a military base, so there really is not all that much going for it to begin with. So I go to this place, and guess what? They don't have that fancy setup. They got some like touch screen kind of a deal. And I'd have one of those election officials, one of those polling officials verbally tell me what was up on the screen and then and then they'd make the selection for me. Now, I understand if this was say the 80s or the early 90s. But this is the 21st century. You mean to tell me that they can't spare a few, however many, you know, however much it costs to get uh, uh, to get something of this caliber to where voting is uh, accessible to people like me. I mean, this is not. I mean, this is not like say if I'm with a friend and they're helping me fill out a form of some sorts. No, this is an election. This is a presidential elect. Well, let's take that out of the equation. This is an election. This is where you cast your vote for something that a lot of people consider to be very, very important. Now, I've heard that argument time and time again. That if you don't vote, then you have absolutely no right at all to complain. Well, guess what? Everybody complains about politicians. Everybody, and that includes the people who don't vote. They have much of a right to complain because they didn't make the choice to elect whoever. They didn't go in the booth and say, yes, I want this guy. Or this individual. No. They elected not to vote. <laughs> they voted not to vote, basically. 
if you can follow that one. Very strange. But at any rate, so yes, I voted. But here's the thing. I did not get one of those I voted stickers at the end, which I'm kind of happy about because I kind of feel it's like a participation trophy. It's like, okay, hooray, you voted. Perfect. Good for you. What do you want a cookie now? (laughs) Not downplaying voting. I understand that some people don't vote. I get it. I have friends who have never voted in their lives. I get it. For various reasons, either either A, either A, they just don't want to, which A, more power to them. That's, you know, that's their right as an American citizen. If they don't want to vote, then hey, they don't have to. No one's forcing you to do it. Then there's some people who can't vote because they have some sort of felony conviction, you know, which my attitude is that it does not matter to me what you have going on in your life currently, what you have, what happened in your life previously. As long as you treat me with respect, we're on we're on the good foot. We're off to a good start. But uh, at any rate, uh, yeah, so I did that. And then uh, Tuesday, pretty much just uh, kicked back uh, when I got home and just watched uh, some Family Guy and stuff like that. But I've, I've watched a lot of Family Guy lately. I'm watching a lot of like the newer stuff and going back to the older stuff. And the older stuff is good. And some of the new some of the newer stuff is actually pretty damn good too. Now, I will say the newer stuff, it isn't like laugh out loud, hilarious, funny, but it's funny. You know, funny is funny, man. So I dig it. And uh, so, yeah, so here we are now. And uh, the nice thing is that the weather's nice now here in Kansas, but it's only going to last for a couple more days because I hear it's going to start. The temperature is going to start falling soon. So that's going to happen soon. So I got to get ready for that. And, uh, so yeah, so that's pretty much been my, uh, past couple of weeks, just been, you know, taking it easy, trying to, you know, trying to get things going, trying to get things going with this podcast, promoting as much as I can. And the nice thing is that I'm able to see the analytics so I can see like how many people have checked it out and, uh, just every little bit helps. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're out there listening to this, I encourage that you, uh, please, uh, Share this on your social media with your friends, family, neighbors, co-workers, whoever. And tell them, hey, there's this podcast that I like. And as they say, if you'd like, please leave, please put something in the comments section. Because I'd like to know what it is that you like about the show, but you don't like about the show. We'd love to know. Love to know. All right. Okay. All right. Now, other than that, I really think it... Ah, uh, hold on a second. Hang on, someone's at the door. Yeah, come on in. Just stand six feet back, would ya? All right, thank you. Hello there, blind man. This is your ego. Ego check. Oh, gosh. Yeah, hey, look, man, I was listening to last week's episode, man, and uh, you get hung up on words, man, and you're a radio guy? Well, yeah, man, it's just... I don't know. I just, I, I get excited. No, no, no. The reason why you get excited is because you act as if you're talking to a woman. And that is why you have gotten precisely zero dates in your life. Zero. Well, I did have one, technically. Yeah, one. 
You had one 15 years ago. You want to get into that story? All right, fine. Okay, I'll get into that story. So, all right. So when I was in high school, it was my senior year, and I had made the comment to a teacher friend of mine. I said, hey, you know, I know homecoming is coming up. And uh, he says, all right, well, you know, since you're a good guy, you know, I'm going to try and play matchmaker for you. So, like, the next day or two days later or whenever it was, I go back and see him. He's like, hey, man, I found someone for you. I'm like, oh, thank you, man. And I only saw, you know, we, we, we only hung out twice. Uh, we only hung out a couple of times. Like, we hung out the night before homecoming. We went to a football game. I don't know, you know, I mean, you know, we went to support the school. But other than that, there really wasn't all that much, much else to do. And then Saturday night was, then that Saturday night was homecoming. And the homecoming, I mean... I mean, going to the event was kind of fun. Like we had dinner, and uh, then we uh, then we went to homecoming. My parents drove, and so they drop us off at this place. We go inside the place. The air conditioner wasn't working. <laughs> so, so imagine that. There's like two, three hundred some plus high school students all in one room, all in one spot. There's no air conditioning. You can imagine how hot the place must get pretty quickly. So there was that, and then when the night was over, we hugged, and that was pretty much about it, and then I would periodically see her in school, but then like six months later, I was out of there, because it was my senior year, it was her sophomore year, and so that was that, and and and, uh, and uh, I tried calling her a, like a long time ago, but the number went nowhere, and I tried looking her up on uh, Facebook, uh, no dice there. Now, I'm not trying to stalk her. I'm just, you know, I'm just, yeah, of course not. Shut up, dude. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to. I'm just, you know, I just want to see how she's doing. But evidently, I don't know if she has Facebook or what, or I don't know if I'm typing the wrong search, or she doesn't give a crap, man. All right, get him out of here. All right, get him out of here. All right, there we go. Takes care of that. Um, but yeah. So yeah, so that, uh, yeah. So that, that, was, that, was, that was a little something I wanted to kind of bring up a little bit. All right. Now, uh, let's see. What else do we got on here? Okay. Well, figure it's uh, time to get into this, and I would like to uh, comment on uh, just a couple of things here. Baseball. There's no crying in baseball. Football. Call it Australian so that ESPN will run it all night and never explain the rules to anybody. And all the other sports in between. You ever watch golf on television? It's like watching flies fuck. Time for the sports section on the LRWS. All right, yeah, so as I said earlier, the Kansas City Chiefs, they beat the New York Jets on Sunday, which I'm not all that surprised about, but... The New York Jets, in my opinion, they made a really they, they made the classic mistake of thinking that they would win the game solely on field goals, which you can do field goals like at the beginning of the game if you're you know if you want to try and get a little bit of an edge. But I think after you've scored maybe your first or second field goal, try going for a touchdown at the very least. You know? Try and try and get in the shotgun position, throw the ball, and get some decent yardage, and then try and run it into the end zone. At least give that a go. All right, and if you want to, you can go for the two-point conversion. It might not work, but you can try for it. 
Or if that doesn't work, next time you get the ball and you go in the end zone, just get an extra point and be happy with it. At least try and show a little, you know, at least try and be competitive and not try the same routine over and over again by just getting field goals because that's what they did. I'll, you know, I was listening to the game Sunday afternoon and <laughs> this is so, this is, this is, this is so wild. It's, it's, it's the end of the first half, basically. There's, there's, there's a few seconds left in the first half and the Jets, they have possession of the ball. They go to kick a field goal. Field goal gets blocked. <laughs> so it sucks to be them. <laughs> so it has got to suck to be them, man. It, it, it's, you know, it, it, you know it, it's got to suck to be them now because they're 0-8. and eight. But when you lose to a team like the Jets, uh, I mean, like the Chiefs, I'd be pretty upset too. I'd be pretty upset. But uh, the only other thing that I have uh, sports related is that it seems like a lot more players are now being put on. It seems like a lot more players being put on the COVID nineteen list. And I said last week, it seems like yeah, we have the injured reserve list, we got the disabled list, now we got the COVID nineteen list. And I'm just curious, like, what's next? I mean, like, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, what's I mean, like, well, you know, my my question is, what's worse than the COVID nineteen list? I mean. I mean, is it, I mean, like, what, you know, what, what's, what's a step down from the COVID-19 list? If you see your name on the Black Monday list, because <laughs> if you say, well, actually, no, I say it back, that, that's mainly for coaches, and I'm pretty sure, almost, I'm pretty sure that a lot of coaches dread that particular Monday when the whole season's over. And they realize they haven't really made a dent in regards to the team's morale. They haven't really done their job properly. So they only have so much time left where they see their name on the list. And as soon as they see their name on the list, it's like, well, I guess this party's over. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget. I think it was I think it was when either Yeah, I think it was when Greg Schiano or Raheem Morris, one of those guys. Former coaches for the Buccaneers. I, me- I remember it was. I remember in in the time I've been here. No, I'm sorry. In the time I've lived on this earth, I know of a couple of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers football coaches because that was the team that I grew up somewhat watching a little bit because Tampa. I lived near that. You know, I knew, I lived near that area. But I'll never forget. The day when Tony Dungy was selected to be the coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it was Monday, January 22nd, 1996. So he goes on to lead them to have a fairly good, you know, like their 96 season was kind of, meh, not really all that memorable. Their 97 season was incredible because they went 5-0, and but then they lost the next game to the Packers. And then, uh, and, and then as time went on, he kind of got him a little bit. He kind of wrangled them back a little bit towards uh, glory, but it was a blown call in 2000 that uh, that blew their chances of going to the Super Bowl, and people in Florida were just mad about it. It, it was it was it was the playoff game between uh, between Tampa and and St. Louis, and there was a uh, uh, and there was a play. 
and it was reviewed and it went in favor of St. Louis and people in Tampa were like, what the hell, man? And that was the same year that we had Trent Dilfer and he he got bounced out of a game because of an injury, injured clavicle. So then they put in Sean King and Sean King was just incredible. Just picking up all, you know, you just 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 picking up all the spots where Dilfer just wasn't collecting, basically. And he was doing great for the team. He was rocking them. He was really helping us out. And then next thing you know, we go up against the Rams, and uh, the uh, Rams, uh, it all went south. And so the Rams went to the Super Bowl and not Tampa Bay. And a lot of people thought that the a lot of people thought the Buccaneers would go to the Super Bowl that year, but alas, they never. Uh, but alas, they didn't. And then in two thousand two. Uh, Tony Dungy leaves for Indianapolis, if I remember correctly, and in comes John Gruden, and uh, John Gruden, 2002 season, next thing you know, Buccaneers, Super Bowl champions, 2003, January 26th, everyone's going nuts, it's a big party, then next thing you know, everything afterwards, the wheels started coming off, then in 2009, it was, uh, 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 Gruden gets dropped and then in comes Raheem Morris and Raheem Morris from what I heard was he tried too much to be like a friend to the team and not not so much as a coach so he was around for a couple years and then he was shown the door and then it was uh, Greg Schiano and then he was shown the door rather quickly but it might have been after Raheem Morris or might have been after Greg Schiano was dropped but I'll never forget when I heard the news that one of those dudes got, uh, one of those dudes was given a, uh, uh, was given a pink slip. I'll never forget. I called Thomas up, and one of the first, and the first thing he says to me, not "Hey, how's it going?" Not "What's up?" Not "Hello." He picks up. First words out of his mouth are like, "It's about fucking time." So, yeah, so I guess he had watched the team just collapse. And so, I mean, yeah, now they got Tom Brady, you know, which, you know, which is good. I mean, you know, they're five and, you know, you know, they're, they're uh, I think they're six and two now. Uh, but, you know, at any rate, you know, this actually lead, not, you know, this actually, this will not, this will actually transfer nicely into the uh, football picks for week number nine. And taking a look at the Hold on, let me go to the screen here. I was on the wrong screen. Okay, taking a look at the standings currently. Okay, taking a look at the standings for last week. Here we go. I came in 6-8. and eight, And my current record is 71 wins, 47 losses, and one tie. Thomas had 8-6. And he is 82 victories, 36 losses, and one tie. I tied with the NFL Network this week. We're both six and eight. They have a bit of an advantage on me: seventy-three victories, forty-five uh, losses, and one tie. So here we go now with week number nine. Here we go. Alrighty, taking a look at the schedule. Here we go, folks. Bears at the Titans, and. Thomas and the NFL Network are going with the Titans. Uh, I'll go with the Titans. Why not? Oh, jeez. The New York Giants against Washington. Now, okay. 
Everyone's going with Giants. I'm going against y'all. I'm going with Washington. Even though football team is not as intimidating as a pack of Giants, I think the Washington football team is going to do a little bit better than the New York Giants because the Giants, I don't know what's going on this year. They're not having a... I don't know. I don't know what's going on with those cats. Okay, here we go. Detroit at Minnesota. And... Uh, Thomas is going Detroit. NFL is going to go with uh, Minnesota. I'm going to go with uh, Detroit on this one. Panthers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Say it with me now. Go Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are just going to just clobber them, man. I, 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 I don't think this is going to be very difficult for them. All right, here we go. Texans at the Jaguars, and of which I've... I've never heard American commentators say Jaguars. That's that's like a British thing. But uh, Texans, the Jaguars, everyone's going with the Texans. Yeah, I'll go with the Texans. I'll go with the Texans on this one. I'll I'll, I'll go with Houston. <laughs> I'll never forget when I when I lived in New York for some reason. Uh, it, it was my birthday, and 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 one year one of my friends gave me a uh, a Jacksonville Jaguars uh, sweatshirt. And I'm not sure I ever did with it. I'm not sure if I ever wore it or what. But uh, it was just, I don't know, it, it, it kind of stuck out with me. Okay. Ravens at the Colts. Thomas is going with the Ravens. NFL Network's going with the Colts. I'm going to go with uh, the uh, the Ravens on this one. Quote the Raven nevermore. Okay. Seahawks at the Bills. Okay. These guys are going to go with the Bills. Thomas and the NFL Network are going with the Bills. I'm going to go with uh, the Seahawks on this one. Oh, my goodness gracious. Broncos at the Falcons. Thomas is going with the Broncos. The NFL Network, well, granted, they made these picks a while ago. Well, I'm sorry. The, the NFL Network made these picks a while ago. So they so there's no way they could look into a crystal ball and see how horrible the Atlanta Falcons were. They're going with the Falcons. I'm going with the Broncos. All right, the Raiders versus the Chargers. And uh, it's Chargers all, and I'll go with... Okay, I'm going to go with the Chargers on this one. All right, not a problem. Okay, Steelers and Cowboys. Thomas is going with the Steelers. NFL Network is going to go with the Cowboys. And... All right, I'm going to go with Thomas on this one. I'm going to go with the Steelers. Okay, Dolphins at the Cardinals. Everyone's going with the Cardinals, and so will I, because the Dolphins are just, I don't know, they're uh, uh, not so good. Okay, Saints and Buccaneers. Thomas is going Buccaneers, and uh, NFL Network's going with the Saints. I'll go with the Buccaneers on this one. I mean, yeah, they got Tom Brady. You know, they got Rob Gronkowski. I I, I think they should be able to take down uh, the, the uh, New Orleans Saints. All right, and the last game, Patriots and Jets. NFL Network and Thomas are going with the Patriots, and so am I. Because the New York Jets are just hapless, totally hapless, man. They, they could, the New York Jets couldn't catch a cold. At this stage of the game, they just couldn't. They're not, they're, they're not that great. They're really not. And if they are, in fact, the Jets, then maybe they should go get repaired or something. I don't know. They need a uh, better mechanic, I must say. All right. Now, would like 
Okay. Now, uh, uh, okay. Uh, going over to the entertainment side of things, uh, want to cover a recent celebrity death that happened a couple weeks ago, give you a little insight about it, and then uh, one that I found out about on Saturday, no, I'm sorry, Sunday, completely by accident. But uh, I learned recently that uh, country music uh, recording artist Jerry Jeff Walker passed away. Now, what a lot of people might not know is that Jerry Jeff Walker is the guy who took Jimmy Buffett from Nashville to the Florida Keys and that is where Jimmy Buffett adopted the beach bum persona that we know him for. Like, that inspired songs like Margaritaville, uh, Changes in Latitudes, Changes in Attitudes, all the, all, of the, all the stuff that we know Jimmy Buffett for today was inspired by a trip to Key West. Because when Jimmy Buffett first started out, he wasn't the, you know, he was a country folk kind of a guy. And he had two albums, and uh, the first one was called Down to Earth, and there's actually some really good stuff on there. And the opening track is called The Christian, but there's a question mark after it, because even though Jimmy Buffett, even though he himself is a Christian man, even he raises a couple of questions as to how some of these Christian people act who say one thing but will do something totally different. He's he's basically pointing out the hypocrisy of religion basically. Is is oh, no, I'm sorry. The uh, the the hypocrisy of religious people. People who you know who who say say that they want this but they're not acting on what they are preaching on basically. They're phonies is basically what he's saying. But he had an album called Down to Earth, and then in seven that was in 1970, and then in 72, he had an album called High Cumberland Jubilee. And those two albums have been uh, repackaged numerous times over the years. There's one compilation called Before the Beach, which is a uh, uh, which was a compact disc, which came out in 1993. And it was a melding of the two albums, but a couple of tracks were left off, not because they weren't good or anything, but because of time constraints, because, you know, you can only have so much, you can only have so much on a CD. You can only have like 70 some, you only have like 70 some minutes on a CD before it's like, nope, time's up. You went over the limit there, dude. (laughs) But I've even heard that uh, Jimmy Buffett has even uh, said that he doesn't like those earlier tunes, which is understandable. I mean, it's not uncommon for artists to look at some of their older stuff and go, wow, that sucked. Like, I've heard that uh, Mike Judge, the creator of Beavis and Butthead, even he has said, uh, in retrospect, in regards to, like, the first few episodes of Beavis and Butthead, even he has said, you know, in watching these earlier episodes of Beavis and Butthead, they were horrible. They were horrible. And... Trey Parker and Matt Stone, I think those guys, the South Park guys, I think they have said that they would much prefer if, say, the first three seasons of South Park were erased from history or if they could just forget about them because maybe they had a few good ones in the can, I guess, according to them, but there were some episodes that they were like, wow, what the hell were we thinking on that one? And even I've had that happen. Like even like even I, like even I've gone back and I've I've listened to some of the uh, stuff that I've done over the years. Like I've like like I've gone and I've listened to some of like uh, 
uh, like some old, old, old bits that I don't even have anymore. Now that I think about, and, or, or like, well, I say the back. Um, I didn't really start doing uh, pre-produced bits until like 2009, really. And yes, yeah, some of them are good, and some of them are just like, what the heck was I thinking, man? And uh, so I don't have any of those laying around, but uh, I do have one that I'm going to play later on tonight. So just hang tight with that. And uh, so, yeah, so Jerry Jeff Walker, rest in peace, the guy who took Jimmy Buffett to Key West and basically, basically, uh, uh, and basically gave him his uh, persona, basically. It's kind of nice. And then on uh, Sunday, I found out found out about this completely by accident. I was looking at uh, the Roku channel, and this movie's not up there anymore. But there's a but when you look on the Roku channel, there's a section that says "New This Month," and one of the movies on there was Face Off, the movie with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. So I'm looking on IMDb. I'm browsing around at. Uh, face off and then it says and then imdb's got that section of you may also like like sit like similar movies so so i click on the rock which is a movie that i uh oh it's a movie that i enjoy it's one of it's it's like the only movie from michael bay that i will sit through i mean not saying anything bad about the bad boys franchise but okay okay the bad boys franchise which i haven't seen the first one I saw a little bit of the second one. I thought it was pretty good. Haven't seen the third one. Saw a little bit of the fourth one. Thought it was, you know, I thought, again, you know, again, I thought it was pretty good from what I saw of it. But The Rock, I think, is probably one of the greatest ones he's ever done. Because you got Nicolas Cage, Ed Harris. And so I was looking at the page, and all of a sudden, at the top of the, uh, the thing, it says, Remembering Sean Connery. And I'm like, when did he die? And it turned out that he died on that Saturday, on, on Halloween. He was 90. And admittedly, I know Sean Connery played James Bond. I've never sat through an entire James Bond movie. Like, I've seen snippets of Goldeneye. But honestly, that's about it. That is about it. I know that sounds very shocking, may shock some of you, but I have, but again, I've never sat through an entire James Bond movie. I just haven't. Not that, not that I have anything against the series, which I don't, I just haven't made time to watch it yet. And Pluto TV has that section. Well, yeah, Pluto TV, they now have a channel devoted specifically to James Bond movies, which is pretty cool. And you can also watch them on demand, like you can watch, like you can watch Doctor No, the man with the golden gun from Russia with love. I'm not sure if you can watch all of them, but I do know that Sean Connery. I do that Sean Connery was in the James Bond franchise, and then he went on to do other movies. And uh, something I read about on IMDb, and there's actually an article that came out the other day where Michael Bay was reflecting on this. Uh, but uh, one time they were, uh, but. Uh, during the making of The Rock, there's that one scene where Nicolas Cage has to do this car chase scene where he's got to track down uh, Sean Connery's character. Because for those of you who've never seen The Rock, first of all, I highly recommend it. It's a great movie. 
but it's the story of this story of this general, this brigadier general who is played by Ed Harris, and he and he's upset. He wants compensation for he wants compensation for his men who were killed uh, on the uh, uh, on the battleground. He's upset because the government hasn't paid out. So in order to in order to make it happen, he goes on to Alcatraz, the island, and he holds 81 people hostage, and he says, if I don't get the money, I'm going to release these VX rockets. So it's a whole big thing. So Nicolas Cage plays this, uh, this chemical weapons expert, who's like a big chemist, basically. So, so he's dispatched with having to go to Alcatraz and try to defuse this thing because uh, because if it's poison VX gas, well then you know they they have to you know, to properly defuse it all that stuff, and so there's only one guy who's ever escaped Alcatraz, and he's played by Sean he's played by Sean Connery, James Mason, well of course you are, and so there's a scene where <laughs> there's a scene in the movie where Sean Connery he 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 gets he gets pardoned and all he wants is like a hot shower and a haircut all that stuff and so he gets his haircut and he tricks this guy into a handshake and he holds the dude over the balcony and and the guy and the guy just gave him the haircut he's seen all this and he goes I don't care if you drop that guy. I just want to know, do you like your haircut? <laughs> and then, so then, so then Sean Connery's character, he just, he, he gets away. It's a whole big car chase. It's a great scene. And so Michael Bay had to meet with the, the executives at Disney because Disney, because Disney touched on whatever, uh, they're all under the same umbrella. So Disney had to, uh, meet. So Michael Bay had to meet with Disney in regards to like the budget of the movie. And so, so Michael Bay, he happened to meet up with Sean Connery, and Sean Connery's like, "Hey, where you going?" And uh, and 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 Michael Bay, uh, he explained where he was going, and 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 Sean asked him, uh, "Well, it's okay if I go with you?" And and Michael's like, "Yeah, sure, go ahead." So they go to this meeting, and all of a sudden, Sean Connery walks in the room, and all the executives at Disney are like, "Whoa, holy crap, Sean Connery's here!" And Sean Connery basically said, "Look." Just give Michael Bay more fucking money so we can make this fucking movie. And everybody at Disney was like, whoa, oh, holy crap. Okay, uh, how much do you want, sir? I mean, Sean Connery just said this. How much do you need, Mr. Bay? And uh, he got his money and uh, he got his wish and turned it to be a really good movie. So check it out. The Rock, great movie. It's an unofficial uh, plug for the movie. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, matter of fact if, um uh, fun little thing, but uh, Nicolas Cage, uh, his character in the movie doesn't swear, except towards the end of the movie. But there's one part in the movie that I like, where after the car chase scene, he catches up with Sean Connery, and Sean Connery's starting to make small talk with him, and Nicolas Cage just drops this on him. What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? <laughs> oh, gosh, I like that. And, and, and the other thing I remember about uh, Sean Connery was all the times he'd be parodied on Saturday Night Live by uh, Daryl Hannon. And uh, it was always during the Celebrity Jeopardy segments with Will Ferrell playing Alex Trebek. And Sean Connery would always razz Trebek about his mother. It was like every it was like every opportunity that he could get. He always say something effective like, uh, oh, 
Gosh, there's so many of them. But some of my favorites are like where he says, Oh, I propose a conundrum, a ritual, if you will. I don't want to hear it. What's the difference between you and a mallard with a cold? One's a sick duck. I can't remember how it ends, but your mother's a whore. <laughs> and then there'd be that classic trope of him totally misreading uh, the categories. Like he like he blend like he blend the words together that aren't supposed to be blended together and pronounce them all funny and stuff. Like therapist was the rapist, and you go like of um uh Trebek would go therapist, and then Connie would go, I'll take the rapist for twenty. <laughs> and then there was another one where you go and then I think it was just on delivery the way he says it, I'll take much to start with Feb. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! And then, and then, and then, then there was then there was a really funny visual gag one time where uh, <clears throat> where there were uh, uh, where it was Sean Connery, Ozzy Osbourne, and Martha Stewart. And there's a part where the board says Richard Nixon, and uh, and uh, and Connery goes, "Oh, I'll play a game, you brigand." Looky what I did. It shows the board and he crossed out Richard Nixon and it says hard on. <laughs> oh gosh. And then and then, and then, and then uh, well and one of my favorite uh, moments is when uh, it was the category was animal sounds and Trebek goes, This is the sound a dog makes. And Sean Connery bugs in he goes uh, like buzz in he goes, Boo and he gets buzzed and Trebek goes I'm sorry, that's incorrect. And Connery goes, well, that's the sound your mother made last night. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Who would have accepted Bow Wow or Ruff? Well, Ruff, huh? just the way your mother likes it, Trebek. <laughs> and then you'd always mess with them, like, towards the end, like, with Final Jeopardy. There was one time where it was uh, just... It was like letters or numbers. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was something you had to like just write anything down, anything at all. And then it would be. Uh, then it would show the board, and Sean Connery had like a V, and Trebek's like, "Wow, a V! That's throwing over for five. Very good. And your wager, suck it, Trebek." <laughs> then uh, there's another one where it was. Uh, uh, where are you right now? And he goes, and, and, and Connor's response was indoors, and his wager was, I heart boobs. Lovely. Then there, then there was one where he really taunts the censors, where he goes, uh, where, I can't remember if it was, uh, I think it was saying the effect of like, uh, would you like a cookie? That was the final Jeopardy thing. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and Connery writes in the thing, he says, uh, Futter, that was what he put down as the answer, and your wager, a buck. I I don't get it. Oh, I believe you do. Buck futter. Buck futter. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's a great way to taunt the censors, man. But, uh, yeah, Sean Connery, man. You know, a name that will be missed. That's a legend, man. That is a legendary name. It's a legendary name. All right. Uh, now, before I get going into the uh, break, real quick, I just want to comment briefly on the election. Briefly on the election, then I'll go into the. Uh, then I'll go into what I have, which kind of ties in with politics, but it doesn't give you like a clear cut 
like opinion of like one candidate over the other. It just talks about as to how corrupt they all are. And back in 2015 at the VMAs, Kanye West, uh, he did not take the microphone from Taylor Swift, but rather he took when he took the stage, he said he was going to run for president in 2020. And everybody thought it was a joke. And actually, he followed through on it, but he had to concede. So I don't have anything about that, but I do have a bit about Kanye West here. This is a little thing I did. Uh, back in 2016, he had announced that he was uh, going uh, broke. Uh, he had no money. And uh, so uh, I did a, a little parody, but it's not to one of his songs. It's uh, to an OB, uh, but it's to an old Dirty Bastard song, Dude's Rise, because I was thinking about doing a, a parody of a gold digger, but then I but then I had to change heart. I'm like, no, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of old hat after a while. And I couldn't really think of anything for it, but... I went to, so I checked out the song. Uh, it was uh, uh, Baby I Got Your Money, I think is the name of the song. And this one is called uh, Got No Money. And this is a, a Kanye West uh, diss track. So here it is. And uh, then after that, we'll go into the interlude. And then, uh, well, stand by. So here we go. I'll uh, I'll play this and I'll talk about what I got coming up on the other side. And then we'll go into the interlude. So here we go. I don't know Kanye West music from a hole in the head, but that guy's a fucking moron. What a piece of shit he is. The biggest asshole on the planet. He reached out to Zuckerberg, said, what up? Has to make down payments on a Starbucks cup. He got hitched into a rich-ass family, but I bet it burns every time that he pees. He spread his seed, and now we're all screwed, because without another Kanye, his ego would get bruised. Is he a good rapper? Fuck no, bitch. At least he took the spotlight from that bitch, Taylor Swift. Doesn't even know what the fuck he's rapping about. At the ranch, Lamar was found lights out. I'm not saying the Kardashians are fat cows, but to feed them, you need a fucking plow. Kanye doesn't rap, he just makes noise. Maybe he should just pawn Kim's sex toys. He says South Park's good, but Kimmel's not funny. Kanye's got no fucking money. Hey, Kanye, you got no fucking money. Hey, Kanye, you got no fucking money. It's been 24 hours, got my money. All right, you know what, just give me till next Friday, I'll have it for you. You gonna give me my money? Where's my money, man? Yeah, you got money to pay for fake mustaches, huh? How much you pay for that fake mustache? Two ninety nine. Wow, that was a little brutal. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's all I had in regards to that. So Kanye West, he gets nothing in regards to uh, the presidency. I don't think he would make for a good president anyway. That's just me. Uh, but. Uh, other than that, we don't have a winner in regards to the presidential contest. We'll have to wait and see how that's going to end. But uh, I don't think it's going to happen during the program. But what I do know is this. Coming up after the break, uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, local Kansas radio. And it's not that good. I'm going to be honest with you. And I get a couple of excerpts. And I have uh, uh, opinions about it. So I'll be getting into that and uh, a little bit more. So be right back right after this. It's the LRWS on RazRadioLive.com, RadioChaos.net, and NoNameNetwork.net. Or if you're checking this out on Spotify or iTunes, thank you very much. And, uh, well, be back after this. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. 
Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross from the LRWS. Heard every Friday evening at 7 p.m. on RazRadioLive.com, RadioChaos.net, and NoNameNetwork.net. What you want, a cookie? We're proud to announce that we now officially have our own store. Teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash LRWS. If they went on strike, it would be a month before anybody fucking knew about it. We've got t-shirts for the guys. I'm really starting to feel out nasty. T-shirts for the ladies. Tank tops. Hoodies, crew neck shirts, sweaters, iPhone cases, and much more. They don't have nothing. It's like a flea market threw up in there. That address again is teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash LRWS. Believe it or not, this is the part of the show where the guys step away from the microphones. Will you guys just shut up back there? The LRWS returns after this. Bill Hicks, the elite. I have this feeling, man, because you know there's a handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. It's not a fuck. I'm not a conspiracy nut. It's provable. Handful, very small elite run and own these corporations, which include the mainstream media. I have this feeling who's ever elected president, like Clinton was, no matter what your promises you promise on the campaign trail, blah, 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 when you win, you go into this smoky room with the 12 industrialists, capitalist scum fucks who got you in there. And you're in this smoky room, and this little uh, uh, film uh, screen comes down. And a big guy in a cigar, roll the film. And it's a shot of a Kennedy assassination from an angle you've never seen before. It looks suspiciously off uh, the grassy knoll. And then the film, the screen goes up, and the lights come up, and they go to the new president. Any questions? Uh, just what my agenda is. First we bomb Baghdad. You got it. George Carlin, The American Dream. There's a reason education sucks, and it's the same reason that it will never, ever, ever be fixed. It's never going to get any better. Don't look for it. Be happy with what you got. Because the owners of this country don't want that. I'm talking about the real owners now. The big, wealthy business interests that control things and make all the important decisions. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. They own everything. They own all the important land. They own and control the corporations. They've long since bought and paid for the Senate, the Congress, the state houses, the city halls. They got the judges in their back pockets. And they own all the big media companies, so they control just about all of the news and information you get to hear. They got you by the balls. They, they spend billions of dollars every year lobbying, lobbying to get what they want. Well, we know what they want. They want more for themselves and less for everybody else. But I'll tell you what they don't want. They don't want a population of citizens capable of critical thinking. They don't want well-informed, well-educated people capable of critical thinking. They're not interested in that. That doesn't help them. That's against their interest. That's right. You know something? They don't want people who are smart enough to sit around the kitchen table to figure out how badly they're getting fucked by a system that threw them overboard 30 fucking years ago. They don't want that. You know what they want? They want obedient workers. Obedient workers. People who are just smart enough to run the machines and do the paperwork and just dumb enough to passively accept all these increasingly shittier jobs with the lower pay, the longer hours, the reduced benefits, the end of overtime, and the vanishing pension that disappears the minute you go to collect it. And now they're coming for your social security money. They want your fucking retirement money. They want it back. 
so they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this fucking place. It's a big club, and you ain't in it. You and I are not in the big club. By the way, it's the same big club they use to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged. And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. Good, honest, hard-working people. White collar, blue collar, doesn't matter what color shirt you have on. Good, honest, hard-working people continue. These are people of modest means. Continue to elect these rich cocksuckers who don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all. At all. At all. Yeah. You know? And nobody seems to notice, nobody seems to care. That's what the owners count on, the fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant of the big red, white, and blue dick that's being jammed up their assholes every day. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream, because you have to be asleep to believe it. The Taco Bell has been microwaved. You got me sick as a dog. The beverages have been served. And the guys are ready to bring you more content. Get on the microphone in a serious manner and continue this broadcast. The LRWS, text the comment line 813-602-2715 to join the program. Welcome back to the LRWS, RazRadioLive.com, RadioKS.net, and NoNameNetwork.net. And on iTunes and Spotify, search Lawrence Ross or LRWS, whichever, uh, whichever one you want. And I hope you enjoyed those uh, comedy elements from uh, Bill Hicks and George Carlin, respectively. <clears throat> Been a fan of both those guys for many, many years. As a matter of fact, I was actually in a... Uh, matter of fact, the, the one thing that always sticks out with me is when I was first getting into George Carlin. I'll never forget, I went to this uh, record store that no longer exists. It was called Sound Exchange. It, it, was, it was about... 10, 15 minutes from my old house in uh, Florida. And I'll never forget, one night, I went there with my dad, and my dad and I were at the uh, thing, and uh, 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 he helped me uh, pick out uh, an album. It was it was the most recent one. It was it was it was it was it was, it was one that I kind of had my uh, sights on anyway, because I'd heard some samples of it, and I thought it was pretty funny. And so I'm like, okay, I'd like to, you know, check that one out. And the album is called You Are All Diseased. It's from 1999. And that doesn't seem like all that much of a big deal. And I'll never forget, I was at the counter, and the guy behind the counter was telling me, yeah, man, if you like Carlin, check out uh, Bill Hicks sometime. I'm like, all right, all right, I'll check him out. Wasn't quite ready for Bill Hicks at the time, but, you know, it was, it was a name that I had heard. You know, like before, but I hadn't really checked him out all that much. But... The reason why that sticks out with me is because I bought that album on September 8th, 2001. And the opening portion of the special, he talks about airport security. And then three days later, what happens? September 11th happens. So that is why that kind of sticks out with me. And I just... uh, and uh, for anybody who uh, wants to know where you can get those elements, uh, the first one, the Bill Hicks thing I played, 
is off of his album Rant in E Minor, which was released in 1997, uh, like three years after his death. And that is uh, track 31. And then uh, off to uh, the, and from the George Carlin uh, side of things, that is from his album uh, Life is Worth Losing. And it was a special that he did 15 years ago. And uh, that is uh, cut number six called Dumb Americans. And that's an excerpt uh, from that out uh, from that track, because the whole track is like 10 minutes. And that's about it. Like the seven. No, I'm sorry. That, that's at like the six minute, 30 second portion of the track, because he talks about how Americans are just obsessed with consumerism and all that stuff. And we are. We are. And we still are to this very day. I don't know why, but that that's one of our vices, I guess. It's it's a vice that we just can't seem to let go of. It's it's something to consider. All right. Now, I'm currently enjoying a, a Pepsi, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. So, now I want to talk about this. Uh, lis- listening to... Okay. Uh, okay. <clears throat> now, uh... <clears throat> okay. I've lived in Kansas for three years now, and I've listened to the radio pretty frequently. We have it on work, and we have on 94.9, which is a classic hit station, which is good. The music is pretty good. The uh, and Some of the personalities on the station are, you know, you'll listen to them, and after a while, you kind of get used to them a little bit. Like... Uh, the midday guy, Dave Fogle, he's pretty good. The afternoon guy, Steve-O, he's pretty good from what I've heard of him. Uh, I don't know about the night person. I haven't really heard her all that much. But I imagine she sounds good. And uh, and and they do some pretty fun stuff. Like, they have some fun contests and stuff like that. And they have these... Uh, uh, they have these like behind the scenes things they're going to be doing Sundays at six o'clock now, which should be fun. And uh, on Sunday mornings at six, they rerun old episodes of American Top Forty with Casey Kasem. Which you know, maybe I should probably play the uh, Casey Kasem thing a little later on tonight. I think I, I'm not going to th- uh, maybe if, if if there's time. But it seems like the morning show. Is just very hard for me to stomach. Now, for anybody who is probably wondering why you're just talking about this now, well, no, I've talked about this before, but now I have evidence. Now, 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 Your Honor, I have evidence. I have, I have undeniable proof of this, and these are uh, excerpts from Tuesday morning, and I'll and I'll run the timeline a little bit when I started. Uh, uh, now, when I started in Kansas, uh, we would always have ninety-four point nine on, and there, there was a up. Uh, uh, there was this uh, morning guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. Dick Rain, I think was his name. I think Dick Rain and Renee, I think. And all of a sudden, Dick Ring. No, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Dick Rain is gone. Renee still hung around the station. So they bring in this guy, Kelly Urich. And I'm thinking, okay, what's this guy going to be like? And originally I thought, okay, you know, I can, you know, I can, you know, you know, I can put up with this guy, you know, he's, he's, you know, you know, he's kind of a, 
you know, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of a little, he's a little out there, but I, I, I can, uh, you know, I can take him. Then they put him with this woman named Mackenzie, which is fine. But over time, this Kelly Urich guy, at least in my opinion, he kind of comes across as one of those people who like, he thinks he's funny, but he's not. And he always seems to like go to like the well on certain things. Like he uses like a crutch. Like anytime they talk about, well, almost anytime they talk about stadiums, like if they talk about Arrowhead Stadium or they talk about the Coughlin, you know, you know, uh, the big K, whatever. He always, always has to go with, hey, you know, it'd be great if they had a rolling roof. <laughs> Every time. Every damn time he talks about the rolling roof. It's like, all right, man, hey, look, you know, they're probably not going to listen to you. They're probably going to listen to, like, the contracting guy over you. So I don't think you're, gonna, I don't think you're ever going to get your rolling roof there, dude. I don't think it's going to happen. So... There's that trope that drives me nuts. And some of the stuff that he said on air, I wonder how he hasn't gotten in trouble for. Because I'll never forget one time they were doing this segment called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And there was a section in The Ugly. There was some sort of like, World War II thing, some some sort of Nazi reference. And he made some wise crack about it's on the Third Reich. Now, does he not fully understand the gravity of what the Holocaust was? Does he not fully grasp that six million Jewish people died in the Holocaust as a result of Nazis. At the end of that segment, well, when that segment concluded and he came back a little later on, I did not hear him one iota say I'd like to apologize for possibly offending some of our Jewish listeners out there. My comments were inappropriate and I should not have said them. But I do know that a couple of months later, however long how, however long ago this was, however many months later this was, one day they were talking about something and uh and somebody hit the uh somebody had a sounder that was of uh, Hitler making one of his speeches and he instantly just starts going like, "Oh, no, 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 turn it off, turn it off, turn it off." Like, "No, no, no. Oh man, no, no, no. We we can't have that." And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that when he originally made that Third Reich joke, I'm pretty sure that one of the uh, GMs or one of the bosses must have called him up during the break and probably said something like this. Probably said to him, hey, look, man, uh, what you said on the air was not good. So I'm going to have to ask you to please refrain from making any sort of reference to uh, the Nazis. Uh, you're really going to have to uh, tone it down there if you want to keep your job here. Now, again, I'm not sure if that was the case. I'm just speculating. But some of the some of the other stuff that he's gotten away with really offends me. Like some of his overtly sexist comments. Like 
last year they had a contest where what would happen is they had a bunch of suitcases filled with various amounts of money. And you had to guess the exact amount. And if you won the exact amount, not only would you win that amount, but you would also be in the running to go to this event that was happening in public to where you could probably get your name called. And if you got your name called, you could go up on stage and you would get a million dollars. Well, the contest was wrapping up and he says, wow, you know, we've had a lot of females winning the contest. And this female caller said, yeah, that's because we pay attention more. And the guy goes, what? And I hear that in my head. I'm like, wow, you fucking asshole. So you're one of those guys, huh? One of those guys who basically when a woman talks, it's what, like in one ear, not the other? I mean, does he not realize how upset women get when you don't pay attention to what they say? Even on the minor things? Does he not realize that? I don't know if it's shtick. I don't know if it's for real. But either way, I got a problem with it. Then, earlier this year, they were doing a thing called Border War. Now, the way that works is they typically have somebody from a part of Kansas call in. And they got somebody from Missouri who calls in. And they have a little contest. And the contest is they're asked all these questions. And... If you get uh, two out of three right, then you get some sort of prize. You get like a, I don't know, like a prize pack. You get I don't know, like tickets or a CD or whatever. Whatever, 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 whatever the prize is, you get it. So before the contest, one morning he goes, "Yeah, just let me know. We got uh, just let me know. We have uh, auto mechan- uh, uh, We we have we have auto mechanic questions today, and McKinsey wrote them, so which means they're easy." Now, that right there is a problem because he's basically saying that women don't know anything about cars. They're not trained mechanics, which is totally sexist, if you ask me, because I'm pretty sure if you walk into a Pep Boys or a Jiffy Lube or one of those places where you can get your oil changed or get your car worked on, you'll find a woman there who knows what she's doing. Just probably, you know, probably, you know, probably if not more than a regular dude who's working there. Now, full disclosure, I definitely could not be one of those people. You know why? I've never really been asked to work on a car. You know why? I don't drive a car. I don't need to drive a car. Yes, I can wash a car by hand if you want me to. I can pump the gas. Ladies, take note. I will gladly pump the gas for you. Um, You know. But in regards to like me fixing a flat tire, nope, can't do it. Nope, don't want to do it. <laughs> never really been asked to. You know, I've 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 never I've never really been asked to like, hey man, uh, here, uh, hold this jack up while I try and uh, get this, you know, get this flat off. <laughs> I've never really been asked to do that per se. I've never been asked to jumpstart a car. I've been around when cars had to, have had to be jump started. I've been in cars that have had to be jump-started as well. So I've been there, but I've just never been asked to jump-start a car because I'm pretty sure if I did, I'd probably connect the wrong end and all of a sudden they go to turn it on and either either that would happen or the car wouldn't start at all. But I digress. So last Thursday, keep in mind this is Thursday, mind you, Thursday the 29th of October, 
they already have started playing one Christmas song a day. What? Just one Christmas song a day is, well, it's out of season. Well, yeah, it's getting close to the season, but you mean you can't wait until, you mean you can't wait? So you want to prime it up, basically? Here's, here's an example of how they do an air check in regards to how they introduce a Christmas song for the day, by the way. This is incredibly just cheesy. It's very tacky. And the way that they talk on Kansas radio, some of them, it sounds like they're talking down to people. That's just me. Very condescending. Anyway, here we go. Here's an example as to how they set up this Christmas song here. Oh, wait. Hang on. I didn't have the thing plugged in. My bad. All right, here we go. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me take a third third time's the charm. I'll get it. All right, here we go. It is time for the Christmas request of the day. Okay, first of all, that's Mackenzie talking. It is time for. Okay, that's her. That's Mackenzie. And here's this Kelly Urich guy. The Christmas request of the day. Who do we have on the phone this morning? He sounds a little too excited to be there. Anyway, continuing. Gretchen. Gretchen, has this warmed the cockles of your heart in a big bad way playing Christmas songs this early? Yes, I love it. I'm so happy and excited. Well, we only do one a day. And if you heard the big announcement yesterday, uh, November 20th, 7.05, all Christmas, all the time. Because- oh, hooray. So... So one week before Black Friday, y'all are going to be kicking off the uh, Christmas tunes. And there's actually another station here locally who they always beat 94.9 to the punch. I don't know why 102. I I don't know why 94.9 never acknowledges the fact that KC 1021 beats them to the punch every single year, at least at the time I've been here anyway. 102.1, they have a little contest where they ask people, when do you think we're going to start playing Christmas music? And the the closest you get, you know, without going over, then you'll get some sort of prize pack. But anyway, continuing with this. It just... It's time. Yes. It's just time. Back in August, people started requesting Christmas songs. Are you kidding me? So people back in August... so, so, So you're trying to tell me that this pandemic has screwed with people's heads so much... That they're already requesting Christmas music, Christmas music in August. I mean, it's not. I mean, I mean, I mean, the Christmas in July thing is baffling enough as it is. So I don't know. Was was that their way of saying, "Hey, since we didn't get our Christmas in July sales like we normally get, let's start bugging ninety four point nine to start play Christmas music in August." You may have been one of them, but uh, we're trying to do our best to hook up here. What do you want to hear this morning? Uh, the most wonderful time of the year by Andy Williams. Oh. Uh. Uh, so there you go. I don't know why Mackenzie said "ugh" at the end. She sounded disgusted. But anyway, and this this right here is an example as to how overtly conservative and the old-fashioned "watch your mouth, walking on eggshells, children could be listening" kind of mentality that they have. At 94.9, because it's one of those things where the talk breaks are pre-recorded. They're pre-recorded to make them sound as if they're live, but they're not. Because they want to take out anything that is objectionable. And this was incredibly shocking to me when I heard this. But at any event, here's an example as to where... I think Kelly Urich sounds incredibly sexist yet again, and yet nothing is done about it. 
and the ridiculous censorship that is been put on this station. Here we go. Kelly, it's Kim. How you doing? Where have you hey, been, Kim. Kim? What's up? It, it kind of, you know, it kind of almost sounds like she just woke up too. And I think he's, I'm not sure if he truly knows her. So I think that whole sincerity thing is just to put on. Kelly, it's Kim. How you doing? Where have you hey, been, Kim? What's up? Ah, just busting my ass at Walmart. Okay, wait, wait, wait. She said ass right there, but it was beeped. Now, in certain contexts, I can understand why the word ass needs to be beeped. As George Carlin once said, you know, you can say, I'm sitting on my ass, but you can't say up your ass. When you go to the insertion route, then that's where the problem arises. Like, if you're listening to the radio, like, you can't say to someone, oh, stick it up your ass. But you can say, I'm sitting on my ass. But as soon, but again, when you go to the insertion part, you can't, that, that's when the problem arises. And I don't know, but again, I think this is a case of them censoring because they don't want kids to be offended because heaven forbid an eight-year-old, you know, an eight-year-old hears the word ass. Oh my God, it's the end of the world. It's not. Kids hear much worse in school, when they attend school, and there's no pandemic around. Anyway, continuing. Hmm. Say she's working. Say flexing your app at Walmart. I'd pay to see that. Uh, oh, jeez. And uh, and 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 I'm not too crazy about the music they're playing in the background either. Hold on. Uh, I'm not sure if you can hear it, but let me back this up a little bit. Say flexing your app at Walmart. I'd pay to see that. Again, again, he said. He again, he just said. What she just uh, had to get censored for, and so evidently he says it, and Mackenzie doesn't bat an eyebrow. No, no, no one around the station complains. Uh, I don't know why he censored. You know, you know. Anyway, continuing. Oh, busting. I actually lost three pounds in a week. Probably because they keep switching the location on you. There, take that. Just keep everything in the same aisle, please. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, 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 yeah, that's uh, real funny. I just tuned in. What are you talking about? I don't know. We don't prep for this. What are you talking about? Well, it sure sounds that way to me. Anyway. Should be about the election. It's election day. Have you voted yet? Yep, I have. The problem is I voted via mail. I did everything right. My wife voted via mail. She forgot to put a stamp on the thing. So make sure you read everything. Wow. You know, the, 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 way, the way he said that, the way he said that, I wonder what happens when he gets home and he says this kind of sexist, well, actually, right here in the back, he's broadcasting from his basement, so I can only imagine what it must be like when he makes the trek upstairs to get whatever he needs to get during the day, and I wonder what his wife must think. Does, you know, is his wife supportive of him saying this sort of, you know, this, this stuff that could be perceived as sexist? Does she support that? Or is she disgusted by that, and does she just not say anything? Because, again, it's not what you say, it's how you say it, and the way he said it is something that I just definitely cannot get behind. It's just something that I, 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 I do not support. I just, I, 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 I don't like it. Okay, couple more cuts here. Couple more cuts here. Okay, now, now they do a thing, as I said earlier, they do a thing called the good, the bad, and the ugly, where they highlight three stories. What? Excuse me. One's really good, one's really bad, and the other one's ugly. And this is an example of 
this is this is this is, is kind of like where he kind of tells like a dad joke kind of and they got a guy who supplies them with dad jokes on facebook and none of those jokes are funny and this joke isn't funny at all either here we go here's here, here's how they set up the good the bad and the ugly Coming up on The Good, The Bad, The Ugly in less than 10 minutes. Exercise your right to get free stuff and good deals today. We're going to tell you where they are. One of our giant malls has turned the page to Chapter 11 this week. Ooh, that joke sucked. I didn't laugh when I first heard it, and I'm sure as hell not laughing now. And, oh my gosh, a Kansas City treasure defaced overnight. Wait until you tell me, I'll tell you which one, just a few minutes here. It's the good, the bad, and ugly on 94.9 KCMO. Thanks for waking up to us. Yeah, so there you go with that. And now, here's the segment in question. And again, this goes back to the... This goes back to that overtly condescending attitude that I think a lot of these people tend to have. Anyway, here we go. It's time for the good, the bad, the ugly. And you know we start with the good. She sounds a little too happy there. And you know we start with, I'm thinking, you know, I hear that and it's like, who's this we? You got to turn your pocket? Old line, I know, but that's all I can think of. Anyway. Well, it is election day, and remember, we all win with that free donut and Krispy Kreme. You wear your little sticker in there, hook up, get a Chili's Margarita for $5 today, free chips and queso with a $20 online purchase at Applebee's, and of course... Right, right, right. And so on and on it goes. And so, yeah. So, yeah. So that's something that I'm not a a fan of, and... Here is something that just really annoys me. This, this soundbite that they play on the air is just, it's originally when the pandemic was getting, you know, when the pandemic, when you first started thinking about this pandemic over here in March, everyone was freaking out. And originally I was behind it. Originally, original, I'm like, okay, it's going to be okay. We just got to wait. Now, here we are eight months later, and I'm annoyed. I'm frustrated. I want things to go back the way they are. And they just love playing this soundbite. Some guy called in one morning in around late March, and he dropped this on them. We'll all be fine with our 94.9. And they play that drop a lot. And originally, I kind of liked it. Now, every time I hear it, I just get very annoyed. It is, it's, it's, it's very corny, it's very cheesy, and that's the last time you're going to hear me play it on this frequency, on this podcast, on any sort of thing. It's just, it's, it's obnoxious, because the guy has such rose-colored glasses and thinking that everything is going to be all hunky-dory. I mean, evidently, I mean, evidently, these stories about death tolls and 100,000 plus cases must not phase people, evidently. Because they want to continue on and say, like, oh, we'll be fine, it'll be good. No, we got to wait. We got to wait. We got to be patient. We got to wait for a vaccine to be developed. Then we're going to, uh, you know, get, get everything going again. I don't know when that's going to happen, but we just got to wait. We just got to be patient. It's all we got to do. It's all, it's all we can do. But anyway. Anyway. All right. So, enough of that. Okay. All right. So, enough of that. I'm done talking about that. 
I want to talk about fun radio, fun stuff on the radio, radio history. Here you go. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. The Howard Stern Show. Hey now. The Phil Hendry Show. Oh, I love Hendry. And all the other radio shows in between. Have a bad night. <laughs> it's time for Radio History with Lawrence Ross on the LRWS. That wasn't cucumber dressing on my face. All right. Now, this is probably one of the greatest moments in Phil Hendry's show history. There's a lot of them, but this one stands out because of how it was executed and the replay value that Phil and the crew got out of it, the replay value that the the audience got out of it, incredibly popular. From November 5th, 2001, in the wake of the September 11th terrorist attacks, Vernon Dozier, who he's typically a high school football teacher, uh, he's typically a, a math teacher, high school math teacher, and also a high school football coach. But in this element, he is a uh, he is the head of air scan security systems, and he has people who are mentally deficient working at a conveyor belt, and he has a trainee named Bobby who's twenty three, and well. Here's an excerpt, and you'll understand what, and it's called Plane Go Boom. <laughs> so, here is just a small taste as to what that element sounds like. Here you go. Pressing on my face. Okay, here we go. Oh, sorry about that. I uh, backed up a little bit too far. All right. Take two. Here we go. All right, now he just said Plane Go Boom because he saw a gun. Although it isn't really a gun, it's a comb. He is, he's getting better. Well, you're not going to give that kid the elect. I got it. Just, uh. <laughs> pants go brown. That's right. Your pants went brown. <laughs> I, I, I know there, I know there's a lot, you know, I, I, I know there's, I know there's like a better example of it, but I can only play so much. But if you want to, you can check out the full segment on philhendryshow.com or you can check it out on Phil's album for 2002 World Famous, Disc 1, track number 6. And it's one of my favorites. And it's just, it's, it's, it's always funny. It, it never fails to make me laugh. It's one of my favorites. And it's just, it's, uh, it's iconic, man. It's iconic. It's great. All right, uh, so let's see. We have that one, so that's that's off the list. That's taken care of. Now we jump ahead to 2004, the exact same day, November 5th, from the exact same program, The Phil Hendry Show. A guy by the name of Andrew called in one evening, and he told Phil about an uh, interesting uh, animal that he had. And, well, it led to this. I got a parrot. He can do lines right out of your show. Shut up, bud. Shut up, bud. Jackass. Hold on, I got David G. Hall on the line. He's our vice president of syndication. Yeah, David? Can you get that bird down to my office? Because I'd lo- I want to hire it for when Henry's on vacation. <laughs> now, it wasn't that quick of a wasn't that quick of an edit. There there was a little bit more stuff, but as I said, I had to cut, you know, some of the stuff I gotta cut for time constraints. I can only play so much of it. Cause I don't want to be giving it away, you know, right, you know. Right there, you know, you want to give people just a little bit of a taste, a little bit as to what they're going to be experiencing. And that full show is on philhendryshow.com, November 5th, 2004. Or you can check it out 
you can check out the uh, excerpt from the album. Uh, it's Are You For Real, disc two, cut number five. And you can check it out. That's called Caller Andrew and the Ad-Libbing Parrot. So you can check that out. And uh, just, you know, looking at Phil's discography, I mean, he's, he's, he's got a whole bunch of great stuff. And, like, his, his, his double albums were really... In fact, that, that was that was the first. In fact, World Famous was the first album of his that I heard because one of my friends, uh, Matt, who used to be on the program, uh, he uh, um, I I I got him turned on to the show because initially when we started hanging out, I remember I had talked to him a lot. And one day I'd mentioned, "Hey man, you ever hear Phil Hendry?" And he goes, "Yeah, I've heard of him. You know, I've heard a little bit, but that's kind of more for you know that's 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 a little too." I don't know. That's, that's you know I I'm you know he he didn't seem like he was all that ready for it, but then about a year or so later we were talking and I told him about Phil again. I'm like, hey man, look man, you know I know I've told you about him before, but here's an but here's an example of his show, and he starts cracking up. He's like, oh man, that sounds funny. I'm like, yeah man, see, told you. So one weekend I went over to his house for his birthday, and he had gotten uh, the Phil Hendry uh, double album World Famous for his birthday. And so I figure, you know, I got a little bit of time here left. Why don't I go ahead and just talk about Phil's best of double albums? And then I want to play something that I wanted to play that I meant to play last week, but uh, there was a bit of an issue. But uh, I'll get that when the time is ready. Okay, here we go. Taking a look at Phil's double albums. All these available at philandershow.com in the digital download section. There's like a little store. Uh, you can check out, as I say, the digital download section. And uh, if you want, you can uh, uh, you can have this in the background as like a little little reference point because the albums just start off with the uh, with the bits, no explanation. So here we go. Uh, on the first out al- first disc, we got uh, the disclaimer, which is just Phil doing a little intro. Then we have Margaret Gray, "Let's Kill Arafat," which is just hilarious on so many different levels. One evening, Phil had said that he would pay fifty million for somebody to kill Yasser Arafat. And uh, Margaret Gray calls in with an idea, and then David Hall joins in, and then Lloyd Bonafide joins in, and it's a free-for-all. It's Phil doing four voices in one go, and it's hilarious, and it's from May 7th, 2002, and it's uh, one of my favorites, and uh, it's it's great. That's uh, track number two, disc one. Then we go to uh, cut number three, Bobby Dooley, and the Cobra's out of the cage in this one. Bobby wants to accentuate that she's the uh, hip parent. She knows what's up. So she and her husband have these parties, graduation parties, where kids are smoking weed and her and Bo- or her and Steve are having sex. And there was one point where Steve was in the jacuzzi nude from the waist down. He jumped out of the ca- uh, he jumped out of the jacuzzi with an erection and he yelled, the cobra's out of the cage. And everybody thought it was funny. <laughs> That's so from May 16th of that year, 2002. Then we go to Dave Oliva, Taliban Olympics, uh, from February 8th, 2002, where Dave said that by us going to the Olympics, we're just pissing off the Taliban even more. And this woman calls in and she gives them holy hell. And it is just hilarious. It's the maddest female caller I've ever heard on that show. Then there's David Hall, Valentine's Day tribute, where all Phil wants to do, it was Valentine's Day. Of 2002, all he wanted to do was just read a card to his then-wife, but construction in David's office is just not making it happen. And so for like 15 minutes, David is just chewing Phil out. And then this old woman, Sylvia, calls in, and she races holy hell, and it's, it's a big shouting match, but it's hilarious. David Hall is just like having construction equipment in the background, and it is just, it's hilarious. 
Then there's Plingo Boom. Just talked about that one. A classic. One of the greatest ever. Then there's Margaret Gray and the Greek Kebab Hut, which that is sampled in that radio history promo that y'all heard. Uh, that is where Margaret thinks it's her right to go into the Olympics with a gun because she has a fear of being raped behind a Greek food tent. And uh, that is uh, from February 11th, 2002. Then there's Paul Tubby Lane, Pissy Pants, where he talks about how Dale Earnhardt died and uh, everyone made a big deal about it when that happened. But when he retired from Sega Racing, nobody gave a crap. That's from February 15th, 2002. And that one has a great moment where he talks about how he used to have this racing suit, but he peed in it. So <laughs> it's great. Then there's uh, the spelling test with Jay Santos, where Jay Santos, the member of the Citizens Auxiliary, the head of the Citizens Auxiliary Police, uh, he's talking to this woman, and the woman asks, well, how do you spell your name, Santos? And he gives some wax spelling. It's from June 3rd of that year. Then from uh, then the then we got uh, R.C. Collins with Harvey Weirman, the gunner's daughter, from September 10th of 2002. R.C. Collins joined the program to talk about uh, women being paranoid over September 11th. And he breaks them down into various categories, and this woman calls in very upset. And then Harvey Weirman calls in and tells him, you will kiss the gunner's daughter. And uh, that's a reference to uh, this movie, I think it's called The Mutiny, or The Mutiny on the Bounty, or something. Uh, It's with Anthony Hopkins. And speaking of Anthony Hopkins, uh, the next cut is uh, Father James McCarters, who is kind of based off of Anthony Hopkins' character in that movie. Because he... Because because the character kind of speaks with the downward inflection. And that's what the Father James McCorder's character is. He's a Catholic priest who talks like this, and then when he gets done talking, it goes down like this. And so it's called a wee peek, where he talks about uh, a young boy who uh, should go to confessional for enticing him. And Father McCorder said that he had uh, um, paid compensation to the boy. That's from June 4th, 2002. Then we go to uh, Ted Bell, Wooden Leg, where he talks about how Paul McCartney only got married to uh, Heather Mills because of a mercy marriage because she has one leg. And Ted just makes insensitive wooden leg jokes. <laughs> so that's from June 11th, 2002. Then we go to Steve Bozell and Jeff Dowder. Steve Bozell is uh, a construction worker who sues the drop of a dime. And he was upset because people were laughing at him because he peed in a public pool. And Jeff Dowder, who normally is a stoner in this bit, was a lifeguard, and he saw the whole thing happen. It's from July 8th. And then there's a rendition Margaret Gray does of uh, Snowbird from Anne Murray, and she totally muffs it up from April 11th, 2002. Then there's a hidden track where Lloyd Bonafide talks about, well, it's an excerpt from an old Lloyd Bonaf- from a Lloyd Bonafide bit from April 25th, 2002. Lloyd Bonafide's this Korean War veteran, and uh he was talking about how his grandson wanted to see the uh, Spider-Man movie. And uh, Lloyd was like, oh, really? Well, I'll show you a hero, boy. And he got on his old uh, Korean War uniform, Korean War veteran uniform, and the boy thought it was hilarious. And he said, you look like Donald Duck. And uh, so he was upset about that. There's a sample from that night. Then we go to the next disc, uh, disc number two. Uh, it's this, The opening track is the same as the first one. But there's... Uh, then we go into this is this is for you Ted it's from Margaret Gray where she sings her rendition of the Marion Tyler Moore theme to uh, Ted Bell from April 11 2002 so you can check that out it's cute 
quick little short one. Then we go to uh, Father James McQuarters. He's back with another bit, Holy Water Urination, where he talks about how Opie and Anthony were fired from WNEW, and he's happy because it gets the Catholic priest molestation stuff off the front page. And he calls ONA urine-drinking Satanists. <laughs> but Opie and Anthony have said on numerous occasions, hey, Phil's a funny dude. So, hey, you know, they think it's funny. They, they like it. Then there's a bit, uh, Bobby Dooley Party at the Lake from February 8, 2002, where uh, Bobby talks about her son leaving with a girl dressed like a slut. And uh, Steve Dooley is drunk. And... He's talking about how her underwear and uh, she had bruises between her legs and stuff like that. It's it, it's crazy. It's wild, man. Then there's a bit Lloyd Bonafide with R.C. Collins, the dose where an old guy calls up and talks about a bivouac and uh, R.C. isn't sure as to what that is. Then Lloyd Bonafide joins in and it, it's crazy. It's from October 17th, 2002. And I think that just made the cut for getting on the album. Like just made the deadline. Then there's a bit Chris Norton strip class where Chris Norton is this guy who thinks he's all hot and stuff. He thinks he's sexy, but he's not really. Uh, But there's a moment where he is dancing around to the song I'm Too Sexy by Right Said Fred. And it's him describing this dance he wants to do for married women to try and make love to them or women in general. And it's just it's 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 just it's more comical than any Bingham grape soda. Clara Bingham is a middle school teacher who is an African-American character of Phil's who's based off of uh, Spike Lee's mother. And Harvey Weirman is a lawyer who is based off of Phil's actual dad. And so there's a, a thing where he where they're on to talk about how they feel that if African-Americans are in prison, then they should have access to grape soda. <laughs> It's crazy as that sounds, but it's from July 12th, 2002. Then there's a bit called The Virus from Jay Santos where he talks about child molestation. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's from August 22nd of that year, 2002. Then there's a bit, uh, Larry Grover, where he talks about Christian sex, and it's, 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 very, it's, it's very wild. Uh, it's from August 30th of that year. Then there's a bit from February 22nd where R.C. Collins talks about uh, code-bluing a guy, trying to torture somebody to get him to talk, but he messes it all up, and uh, this this female Marine calls up and gives him the what-what for. It's, it's, it's really funny. Then there's a bit, Apologize to Gary Condit, uh, where David Hall wants Phil to apologize for accusing Gary Condit of being a murderer, it's from May 23rd of that year. Then there's a bit called Nukes where Vernon Dozier is uh, masturbating to uh, explosions. It's from May 31st of that year. Then there's the Chester Shunt Show, one of my favorite moments where it's a, it's a home repair show that goes horribly wrong from September 24th of 2002. Then there's the Show Monitor with David Hall and Bud Dickman. Bud Dickman is an intern who he went through a tree in Ojai, California many years ago, and he's got a plate in his head. And that's why he talks like this. Yeah, Phil. And yeah, it's a Show Monitor, Phil. And then the album closes with a bit where Margaret does a tribute to Ann Landers from June 25th of 2002. Then there's a hidden track a little excerpt where Phil is busting up over a line in a bit, which I remember hearing live, but admittedly now I don't remember 
the night when it first aired because I've, I've tried looking for it in the archives and I can't remember the date unfortunately but it's really funny where for some reason he got a kick out of the character saying hey wait a minute that's Carrot Top turn it back and then he, he starts making fun of Carrot Top a little bit and uh, so there's that and so then we go to 2003 uh, I should probably hurry this up because I want to get to what I want to play here so 2003 was called the death of talk radio and that was uh the winner of a contest to describe the phone show in seven words or less and so uh, we have uh, there's a lot of war themed stuff on there because 2003 the iraq war first we have margaret gray human shield where she's trying to sing a fight a hammer and she gets bombed every time she tries to win it from march 10th of 2003 then we go to bobby dooley dirty panties where she wants where she hangs her dirty underwear in an attempt to attract a missing dog to come back home but a woman wants to put a yellow ribbon up for her missing son in Iraq, but Bobby Dooley says that's against the CCNR. Then we go to Jay Sandoz with Lloyd with the belt sander. Classic element from October 22nd, 2002. That's a great one where Jay's trying to track down the DC sniper. It's great, man. It's great. Then we go to Dean Wheeler's short stack. Admittedly, I don't remember the date on this one, but it's really funny where Dean Wheeler, he's this... He's this ultra liberal character kind of, and he he know and he says in the bit that he knows women who will forgive an extramarital affair if you treated her to a short stack of pancakes at IHOP. <laughs> and I think this yeah, and 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 this was before the Kobe thing. And uh, then there's a bit called Vernon Dozier Dada, where Vernon firmly believes that the only reason why George W. Bush is going to Iraq or would wage war with Iraq is because he's trying to impress uh, his dad. It's from December 6th of 2002. Then we go to uh, Claire Bingham floor seats where she talks about where she won't stop talking about how she got floor seats for the Lakers. And never mind that Kobe's been accused of rape. Uh, I don't remember the date on that one, but there's another one, Larry Grover, the French, where Larry firmly believes that Al-Qaeda operatives are hiding in the Statue of Liberty, <laughs> planning their attacks. That's from uh, March 12th of 2003. Then we go to uh, Margaret Gray, the Jesse Alert, from July 9th of 2003, where Margaret wants to sue the manufacturer, uh, where she wants to sue uh car manufacturer because her niece was left in the car niece died and so she wants something called the jesse alert and it would be the sound of sizzling bacon to basically tell people hey get your kid out of the car (laughs) then we go to uh, rc collins slacker where he just wants everybody to do everything else for him out in a war situation it's from i believe march 4th of 03 then we go to bob green bologna sandwich where he talks about how he's tired of having to cook everyone's uh, meals for them all all these uh um uh you know and uh there's a moment where he fired a woman because she was shooting because she was giving herself an insulin shot and bob thought it was drugs it's from july 30th of 2003 if i remember right then we go to lloyd bonafide with uh oh geez what was it called again uh Dang it. Oh, Burning Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where, 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 where he's talking about how he went to Burning Man and he threw a cat at someone and he didn't have his clothes on. It's, it's, it's really wild. Uh, it's from August 26th of 2002. Then there's a bit from Herb Sewell called On Your Knees 
where Herb was basically asking the question of what will you do to work for my company? And uh, he just has a lot of issues, basically. It's from uh, October 7th, 2002. Uh, then we go to Austin and Marco Winnie the Pooh, where he and his wife are vehemently against uh, children being able to read their Harry Potter books and other uh, fantasy stories. And uh, it's from June 16th of 2003. Then we go to... Uh, Rudy Canoza with uh, lingerie. Rudy Canoza is a uh, Argentinian character, and he talks about how he has a uh, lingerie store, and he thinks some women just don't look good in lingerie. As a matter of fact, he thinks that any time a woman goes into a store, who's uh, any time a fat woman goes into a store, a foghorn is heard. <laughs> so it's just like, damn, man, seriously. Damn. All right. So then there's, uh, then rounding out that disc, it's, uh, it's Patrick William Rennick, Islamic. Okay, wait on. Just want to say that uh, Rudy bits from uh, Jan- January 8th of 03. Then we go to uh, Pastor William Rennick with uh, Islamic Roundtable. Great one. And uh, it's just a bit where Phil just monologues as his character. And it's, it's funny. It's got the whole thing of, you Islam. It's from March 11th of 03. Excuse me. Then. Actually, no, I'm not going to have time to do the other discs, uh, the other two albums, but I'll save those for another time because I'm getting close towards the end of the show. But anyway, uh, coming up on uh, 2003, uh, coming up on disc two for the Death of Talk Radio, we got Margaret Gray, Human Shield. That's uh, a different one where this time she tries to do tie a yellow ribbon around the old oak tree and uh, Ted Bell is there as the Human Shield this go around. And I... Honestly, I don't remember when that first aired. I can't remember. It was sometime in April. Sometime in April of 03. Then we go to uh, Steve Bozell with the Beltway, where he talks about how he wants to sue the media because they're using big words to describe the uh, um, to describe uh, what's going on with the DC sniper. Uh, then there's uh, uh, then there's a bit Ted Bell with Lloyd talking about the Thin Mints. Uh, where Ted firmly believes that since he donated uh, money to the Girl Scouts, uh, he should be able to uh, uh, he, be, he should be able to get all these accolades that a lot of these military guys get. And these people are like, no, that's not the case. And uh, well, actually, you know what? You know what? I got to stop here because I want to play. The I don't think the pandemic will end bit because I tried because I tried doing it last week and for some reason it stopped right in the middle. So here we go. Without further ado, uh, let me just reset real quick. If you want to check out Phil Hendry's uh, discography, go to philhendryshow.com. Check out the digital download section. I actually have a YouTube video where I list all of uh, Phil's uh, albums and I describe all the tracks that are on it. So you can go check that out. It's called Listing All of Phil Henry's Best of CDs. I think it's in the commentary section of the uh, playlist. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Lawrence Ross. Here now, ladies and gentlemen, is I don't think the pandemic will end. And then after that, I'll say a few more words and then uh, and then we will. And then I'll just uh, close it up for the night. So uh, here we go. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Here's I don't think the pandemic will end. A parody of Wake Me Up When, when September Ends by Green Day. Here you go. Summer has come and passed, but it was not a fucking blast, I don't think. 
the pandemic will end Everyone says this too shall pass Well, I don't mean to sound real crass I don't think the pandemic will end Socially distancing We're all six feet apart Can't date a sweet woman I can't give her my heart Ah, boo-hoo! Everyone says hope for the best But I think all our hope is lost I don't think the pandemic will end Summer has come and passed But it was not a fucking blast I don't think the pandemic will end Lunch at Taco Bell with friends When the hell can we do that again? I don't think the pandemic will end Socially distancing We're all six feet apart Can't date a sweet woman I can't give her my heart Everyone says hope for the best But I think all our hope is lost I don't think the pandemic will end But it was not a fucking blast I don't think the pandemic will end Lunch at Taco Bell with friends When the fuck can we do that again? I don't think the pandemic will end I don't think the pandemic will end I don't think the pandemic will end
there it is, folks. Hope you enjoyed that. That was I Don't Think the Pandemic Will End. That's something that I wrote a couple months ago because I genuinely thought that. But I'm a little bit more relaxed now. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more patient. Now I'm just hoping that they will get this taken care of and everything will be much better. Now, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the program. But thank you so much for listening, everybody. I also want to say thank you to my dad. My dad texted me and he said he liked the uh, George Carlin clip. And he also says that he's enjoying the program. So thank you. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so coming up a little later on, we got uh, 9 o'clock, uh, nonamenetwork.net with uh, Spicoli TV. Coming up tomorrow night, 9 o'clock on kinkykatieradio.com and radiochaos.net. It's Kinky Katie's World, the uh, pre-show. Then 10 o'clock, a brand spanking new episode. Then Sunday at noon, Rude Coffee with Don and Amy. And then and then 5 p.m., it's uh, the Weekend Review with Kevin, Randy, and Don. Check those guys out. And check out tf52.com. And you can uh, donate as much as you want or as little as you want. Every, every little bit helps. And I heard that... Uh, Sean is uh, going to start broadcasting again soon. So very excited about that. <clears throat> and again, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes and or Spotify, make sure that you rate and subscribe and tell your friends about it. All right. We greatly appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm Lawrence Ross. As I always say, good Lord willing in the creek don't rise. Tell someone you love that you love them and mean it. And we will see, and we'll be back next Friday. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good night. Bye-bye. And boom goes the dynamite. It's over, Johnny. It's over. You've been listening to the LRWS. Email the show, blindlawrence at gmail.com. Follow the crew on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash blindlawrence, marcy underscore cat knees, or LRWS Waterhead. Become a fan of the show on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash LRWS Productions. Visit the archives on either youtube.com forward slash LRWS Productions or nonamenetwork.net. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Search LRWS or follow the show on Spotify, search LRWS. Support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash LRWS or patreon.com forward slash L Ross 1987. Let me have a Diablo sandwich of Dr. Pepper. Make it fast. I'm gonna goddamn hurry. This week's edition of the LRWS. Uh oh. Has just hit the brakes. Keep your ugly fucking gold bricking ass out of my beach community. You lose! Good day, sir! I was making radio shows for fun. Everybody does it. Everybody I know does. Shut up! And baba booey to y'all. <laughs>